0: it can be so easy to get caught I've been struggling with it I'm I'm, in, I'm admitting to you right now it's so easy for me to get caught up in what the world is requiring of us that it pulls my heart away from what God actually wants it's so easy for me to be to to get caught up in why why are people stuck in Afghanistan God why would you do that God has a plan and it's going to come to fulfillment it's not I need to remind myself of this scripture every day. It's not the plan from beginning till now. It's a plan from beginning to end, and we're in the middle of it. If you look at a timeline, beginning to end, we're probably somewhere right here. Like, there's a a big ending that I'm looking forward to at the end of this. Share the same plan that Paul's sharing with us by the way you live, by the way you attract people to you, by living like Jesus. People will flood your life if you live like Jesus, whether you like it or not. Imagine, imagine, I don't know, football starting. Imagine a football team full of lost people that feel like they have a purpose in football. I felt like that, and it's a very real purpose, and it f- fulfills to a lot of people, but feel like that's the only, imagine a football team where that's the only thing they're living for. And if someone knew that eventually all these people would crash and burn. Imagine one person on that football team living like Jesus, acting like Jesus, loving like Jesus. Imagine a whole football team being converted. I'm not saying converted in a weird way, but a whole football team accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Welcome to the PC Youth Pod. This is our second episode for the season. We are in the book of Ephesians talking about being intentional. It's uncomfortable to be Jesus to your friends and at your school, but the rewards are absolutely amazing. So grab your Bible, turn to the book of Ephesians, get something to write with. Let's get going. It's not all lost. It's going to be okay. There's still there's still hope. I promise it's not going to be an absolute disaster. I know what it's like. I was just there a year ago, so it's actually, it's okay. Um, but let's talk about the struggles really quick that come with school. We all know, like, school, yeah, yeah, there's things that come with it. But also, I know there's hope at the end of the road, but let's talk about the struggles really quick. Especially coming off of summer and entering into school, it can be really... I have a list of things. It can be really tempting for us to float through school on our own strength. It's like, oh, I'm on my summer high. I I got this. I I can do it by myself. And maybe you can for the first few weeks of school. And then maybe midter- midterms hit and you're like, okay, now I'll pray for Jesus to help me get through school. I've been there. You could also be tempted to get so busy that we don't make time for Jesus. You can be- become caught up in the negative culture and atmosphere that naturally comes with a modern-day learning environment. It, be- it can be tempting to give in to peer pressure to not feel like an outcast. That-, that was me. I've been there before, too. All of these things are actually things that I've gone through. It's tempting to feel like you are alone And it's tempting to feel like when school comes, it's very easy to forget about Jesus and what he did for you. That can be depressing. I promise it's not going to be depressing the whole night. But can you guys all agree with me on that? Like those are all real things that come with school, come with high school, come with middle school. It's not something you would choose to do, I'm sure. Like there's plenty of other things like you would choose to do, like go to summer camp or hang out with your friends or whatever. You don't necessarily choose to go to school. But how many of you know that's also a privilege to be there? The last time I, the last time I was up here, um, every time I, I'm up here, I've considered it a great privilege. But last time I was up here, I told you a little story about how when I was in high school, I didn't take take advantage of the opportunity. Like I said, it's a privilege to be in school, and I think especially today, it's a privilege to be surrounded with so many people that may not know Jesus. I think that's a really cool opportunity. Each and every year, um, God is removed from our schools even more than the year before. Like, that's not, no one's going to argue with you on that. Like, it's pretty clear that high school, middle school, around here, anywhere, is not a very Jesus-welcoming environment. Can we all agree on that? I'm not going to be the Debbie Downer the whole whole night, I promise. So it can be scary. It it can be like, okay, Spencer, where are you going with this? I know, like, I get it. I don't want to go next week. But I want to tell you about some encouragement that Paul actually has for us in Ephesians. Um, Like I said, I, I was just in high school, what, like when I graduate three years ago? Wow, that seems like it was way farther away than that. I graduated in 2018, and I didn't take advantage of the opportunity. I went to a big high school, 1,500 people, I think. And there was a lot of people um, that would say they were Christians. Um, some of them acted like it, some of them didn't. I definitely didn't, which is not good. There was a lot of people who were very strong believers, and you could tell. And then there's a lot of people... That you could tell I've never heard about Jesus or never walked into a church before, and I wish I told you again a few weeks ago. I wish I would have taken advantage of that. But so Paul is writing to us from prison in Ephesians. They call them um, the prison epistles because a lot of the books that Paul wrote took place from him when he was in prison for being uh, for talking to Christians and leading people to Jesus. He, they actually he actually got locked up. So I mean, from the get go, we can hear. We're gonna hear something really cool about what Paul tells us, but can we agree that prison is probably worse than school? Like a lot of you have probably gone to the dinner table, like after school and been like, mom, dad, that felt like prison today. Well, it's not. You're not behind bars, your feet aren't locked up, like, school is a better alternative than prison, I would say. That's my opinion. But, I wanna read from you, to you from Ephesians. He has encouragement for us, and my title of my message tonight is intentional, and it might not make sense as I'm reading through this, as I'm reading through this um, passage today. But um, in in Ephesians 3, chapter 3 specifically, Paul is going to talk about a mysterious plan that God had from the beginning of time. Um, in the middle of persecution, Paul shows us in Ephesians how overjoyed he is to share it with us. Like It could have, been, could have been really easy for Paul to sit there. It's funny, I actually feel like I preach a lot of what Paul says. I love him a lot. I'm excited to talk to him, but it's funny to me, like, no matter how persecuted he was, he was in prison for a long time and he was just happy about it. Like, he didn't really care that he was there, he still got to share about all these revelations that he had through God and, and he was in prison, like, it's just kind of astounding to me, I don't, I don't want to forget that ever. Um, but tonight, as we dive into this, I want to encourage you guys to let, let God's mysterious plan that Paul's going to talk about be an encouragement for us as we walk into school and into a school year full of mystery. Like many of us, like we've school got canceled a few years ago. Like we got sent home. It was different last year. And I don't think any of us can really say, yeah, I know exactly what school's going to look like this year. It's going to be different. It's a school year of mystery, but I want God's mysterious plan to be an encouragement for, for what school is going to look like this year. So, how many of you have your Bibles? Please, come on. One, two, three, four, five. Okay, a few. We're getting better. I don't want to hound you guys all the time, but we're getting better. Turn with me to Ephesians chapter three. I'm going to summarize the first, the first five, um, verses. I need to catch my breath again. I talk way too fast. Do I sound like I talk too fast? That's bad. I heard a yes. Someone was like, yeah, I can't understand what you're saying. Ephesians chapter 3. In the first five, in the first five verses of this chapter, Paul's talking about how he's in prison and and God revealed this mysterious plan to him um, throughout time. And he feels like it's very timely for him to share what's going on, and he's just overjoyed about the fact that, that, that God revealed this to him and he gets to share it with everybody. Um, so starting in verse six, I want to read to you. He says, This is God's plan. I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. He says, this is God's plan. Both Gentiles and Jews who believe the good news share equally in the riches inherited by God's children. Both are a part of the same body and both enjoy the promise of blessings because they belong to Christ Jesus. By God's grace and mighty power, I've been given the privilege of serving him by spreading the good news. Let's stop there really quick. He considered it a privilege to be in prison, basically is what he's saying. He's like, I get to go about my day and tell people about Jesus, and I'm in prison for it, but I still consider it a privilege. That's encouraging to me. Like, you can be anywhere, and you still have the ability to to be joyful. In verse 8, he says, Though I am the least deserving of all God's people, he graciously gave me the privilege of telling the Gentiles about the endless treasures available to them in Christ. Though I am the least deserving, all of us are the least deserving of God's of, of God, all of God's people. None of us deserve what he did for us. None of us deserve what he offers us. And Paul humbly says that to us. I was chosen to, in verse 9, it says, I was chosen to explain this to everyone, this mysterious plan that God, the creator of all things, had kept secret from the beginning. This is so awesome. God's purpose in all this was to use the church to display his wisdom in its rich variety to all the unseen rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. This was a, his eternal plan, which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. So it's not saying this was a plan he made up like halfway along. It wasn't like create the heavens and the earth, do these other things. Oh, okay, now I'm going to come up with a plan of how to finish it. From the moment he started eternally, God had this plan. And it was a mystery to people at the time because because they didn't have access to God without a sacrifice. In the Old Testament, for those of you that don't know, in order to gain access to God... You had to make a sacrifice and then go into a tabernacle to be able to to speak with him. But it says in verse 11, this was his eternal plan which he carried out through Christ Jesus our Lord. So his plan all along was to to raise up people in the Old Testament, raise up prophets, raise up priests. And then eventually he knew that man would fall. You and I have fallen. We've all fallen short of the glory of the God. We're all sinners. We're all not very good people by nature. Can you agree? Like without Jesus, anybody that you come in contact with, without that you know doesn't know Jesus, and not to say that we're better than them because we know Jesus and they don't, but it's, it's pretty apparent that some people are lost. And because we have Jesus, pe- uh, those of us that do, and if you don't, I'm going to give you the opportunity to meet them later, but for those of us that do have Jesus, we know that we are found in God's our Father, or God's our Father and Jesus will guide us and direct us. And we have a path that we're following. So he sent his son. He knew that man would fall. And so he sent his son Jesus to rescue us. Like, this is going to be a very simple message tonight. Like, it's not very, like, I'm not going to weave around very much. But, like, think about that. God created everything. Like, this is very simplified. God created everything. He created you. He knew you before you were born. He had you in the palm of his hand. Each and every one of us, like 7 billion people and more coming He knew all of us. He knew exactly what the world was going to look like. He knew exactly what was going to happen. And he knew we would end up not being very good people by nature. So he had one son, Jesus, and he sent him to to live this earth perfectly, just like us, no different than you and me, but he lived a perfect life because he was God in human form. He had all the same temptations as us. He had all the same trials, but he never gave in to the sin itself. And that... Eventually led to Jesus being crucified on a cross to die for each and every one of us because he knew, because God knew the whole time, eternally, God knew the whole time that we would fall and we'd need a savior. And it's funny to me, Paul's like, it's a mystery because at the time, people didn't know that was God's plan. Like imagine living like back in the time of Moses, for example, and Moses is like leading you all over the, all over the place, like through the Red Sea and you're like, what is going on? Jesus, Hadn't died and rose again yet. Like the, at that time, you still had to, to make a sacrifice and go into a tabernacle to even be close to God. But at that time, still, God knew, like, hey, wait, wait, one second. In a little bit, my son's gonna come and gonna save you. Like that's crazy to me. I'm very thankful that I get to live on the on the opposite side of Jesus' death and resurrection. But like, he's that intentional, and he thought it was a mystery. I want to keep reading. Verse 12. Because of Christ and our faith in Him, we can now come boldly and confidently into God's presence. This is exactly what Sarah was talking about before before we got into worship. We can come boldly and confidently into God's presence. It's not this list of rules and these things like I said we have to do. God's presence is all around us and it's available whenever we need it or want it and it's always around us. Confidently we can come into God's presence. So please do not lose heart because of my trials here. This is the best part. I am suffering for you so you should feel honored. Like in that time when Paul's in prison, all the Christ followers were probably like, "Oh, this is terrible. Like Paul, Paul's gone, Paul's in prison. What are we going to do?" How many of you know that our our faith in Christ is not in one person? Like come on. Like it can be really easy for us to to there's a thing called a celebrity pastor. You ever heard of that? It can be really easy for us to, to find one person that is really good and gifted at preaching the word and discipling people. But at the same time, there's a temptation, I believe, from the enemy to put all of our faith in that one person. How many of you know there's very, very famous and popular and gifted teachers that still fall? And I would never want to put myself into a situation where I had all my faith in Christ and that one person and then they fell, and I'm like, okay, well, I don't believe in God anymore. Like, no. There's a lot of people I've enjoyed listening to and learning from and gleaning information that have even recently kind of went off the map because of their poor choices. But I'm not going to sit there and be like, okay, that guy's out, so am I. So Paul's saying that here. He's like, I'm I'm suffering for you. I'm facing trials, but just so you know, I'm suffering for you. So you should feel honored. Like still know that these are this this mysterious plan that God has made for us. It's still available. It doesn't matter that I'm in prison. And it's just so crazy to me that he's like overjoyed, shackled up, and he's like pumped to tell everybody about this. Oh man, he's the best. Paul presents God's plan to save humanity. He said it. He, God had that in mind the whole time. I already said that, but think about it. God had you in his mind the whole time. He knew when you were born that you... He knew the first sin you were going to commit. And he didn't want any of us to go to hell. So he sent his son, like... So this is where I'm going to tie it in. When you walk into school next week... Don't be afraid. You're gonna walk into school and feel like overwhelmed. Like I remember my first day of high school. I went to a very, very small middle school. Like what I have, like twelve I think I had twelve kids in my class. Silverton is kind of interesting. They have a big middle school, a big elementary school, but then they have a bunch of like K they have a bunch of K through eight schools in the surrounding areas. And I went to a K through eight school from fourth grade to eighth grade. And it's very tiny. I had like 12 kids the whole time. So I walked into a 1,500 person high school and I'm like, what is going on? I was overwhelmed. It was scary. I didn't necessarily want to come back. But I wish I would have known that God's mysterious plan saves me from that situation and actually elevates me to do good. And that's what Paul's trying to tell us. Although God's plan, this is the best Although God's plan may have been mysterious, it was always intentional. It was mysterious at the time, but God had so much intention in the way he created everything that he knew exactly how it would play out. He knew it from the beginning. He didn't even have to be intentional, but he was. He was intentional with the way he created you. He is intentional with the things that you overcome and face. What if instead of Being a burden in a week. What if it's completely as a world? And Jesus is going to come back another time. He rose from the dead. He died on a cross, rose from the dead, and ascended into heaven. And He's been watching this play out. And God's going to send His Son back eventually and save us all. Did you know that? Like the plan's not over. Like just because I'm reading it now does not mean we're done. Like it's not okay. Period. It's still dot dot dot. You guys are really going to mess up, and I'm going to have to send Jesus again. But that time, for all of us who believe in him, the Bible says whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. Whoever calls on the name of the Lord will be saved and spend eternity with God, Jesus, and the Holy Spirit. That is sick. His plan has been carried out and proven to be true because Jesus is alive and living. There's a lot of people in this world that try to argue what Paul has said and what everybody else in the Bible has said. But I believe that Jesus' death and resurrection from death is proof that this whole plan is working. Like you can't argue it. There's too much fact in that Bible. The Bible says that every word in scripture is God breathed. So that's not, that doesn't, yes man wrote it. But God inspired every word that man wrote in the Bible. It's God breathed. So Jesus as far as he could to get him. The sheep are you and me. He'll leave the 99 sheep to come after one lost person and he stretches his arms out as far as he has to to get him. So you're not too far gone. I thought I was. When I'm, when I'm a a Christian kid in college drunk, I thought I was too far gone. But let me tell you, I wasn't. Because God pulled me out of that as far as He could. You might say, Spencer, my peers won't even let me talk to them about Jesus. I'm not going to argue with you. That actually could be a a real thing. But, what's stopping you from being Jesus to them as much as possible? You may not be allowed to talk to Jesus, or talk about Jesus to them, but I promise you, if you do your best to live just like Jesus did every single day of your life, they won't even be able to help themselves but ask you what's going on. Like you don't even have to say the word Jesus, but if you love like him, if you care like him, if you show mercy like he did, if you are kind like him, if you are all the attributes of Jesus, which none of us ever will be. Let me say that, none of us ever will be exactly like him, but if we strive every single day of our life just to be like him, then people, I promise you, will walk up to you and say, what is it that you have that I don't? And you'll say, well, actually nothing. We all have access to Jesus, and you'll tell them exactly what's going on, and then they'll know about the same plan that you know about. Or you might say, Spencer, I don't have the strength to do this. I've never even heard of this plan you're talking about. Well, I'll tell you this. There is a plan, it's in the Bible, and every word in this in this book is God-breathed. So all you have to do is accept the plan that God has on your life. And I'll give you the moment to do, the opportunity to do so later. But each and every single one of us, this is this what I'm telling you, it's a simple, a simple word tonight. Every single one of us in this room, there's a plan, a unique God-breathed plan that God has created for you, and he's going to carry out none of us are too far gone. And at the same time, on the flip side of that, none of us are too holy for God's plan either. It can be really easy to say, okay, I actually do have the strength to do this on my own, so I don't need that. Like, that's, I got it, I'm good. No, I'm telling you, you don't. You don't have the strength to do it by yourself. And I've told you a few times, I learned that way too too hard. For so long, I was like, yeah, I can do this. This is easy. Life is easy. It's good. Yeah, sometimes there's stuff, but I get out of myself. Nope. Eventually, you will fall on your face and realize, okay, I want God's plan for my life, not my own. So here's a little bit of encouragement. I'm going to call you guys to action a little bit. Firstly, I want you to understand and know that there is a God who holds you in the palm of his hands. like, Once we get that principle established and we all agree on that, then the rest of this is easy. If you can understand that there is a God out there in heaven who holds you and wants to have a relationship with you, then the rest is easy, I promise. And there's scripture after scripture after scripture that will prove his existence true. I don't know if there's one of you in there, if someone's in here that's doubting that, but I promise I'm an example of it. And I'm not saying that in a in a boastful way, but like I do not deserve to be up here. Just like Paul, the least deserving man, I do not deserve I do not deserve to be speaking into your lives. But God is real. God is all-knowing, God is loving. And just like he can do for everyone in here, he can pull you out of your out of your mud and clean you. If you've never accepted the rescuing the rescue and grace of Jesus, I want to pray for you. Secondly, I would say, walk in humility, knowing that Jesus came to fight for your heart. Jesus didn't come just to like be a showboat about it. It wasn't a popularity contest for him to say, okay, I'm coming, I'm going to live a perfect life, die, and then rise alive. It would have been really cool. It would have been really easy for Jesus to be like, yeah, I'm the best, look what I did. That's not why he came. That would have been pointless. Jesus came, died, and rose again to fight for each and every single one of us because he knew that we wouldn't be able to do it by ourselves. So I'm, the word fight is a strong word because it's real. You're going to come across things this, even on Wednesday that feel like are fighting for your heart, are fighting for your existence. And I'm not here to discredit that. That's a very real thing. The enemy is a very real thing. And you're going to come across things where you feel like I can't fight this on my own. I feel like my heart's being pulled in eight different directions. Give it to Jesus because he's stronger. Like, I'm being actually like, this is like a, a real example. He's actually stronger than any enemy could ever be. The one enemy. He's stronger than the enemy. He'll pull you harder than the enemy will pull you if you let him. Don't dishonor Jesus fighting for you. Don't dishonor him in that. Don't dishonor Jesus, because he's jealous for you. It says in the Bible that Jesus is jealous for each and every single one of us. So when so when we give our attention to things that don't glorify him, when we give our attention to, to the struggle that we're feeling in school, it can be really, it's disheartening to God. Like he, he created each and every single one of us, and to see us from way above, to see us messing, he knew we would mess up, but to see us doing so is sad for him. So don't, don't dishonor Jesus' sacrifice by, by disregarding the fight that He has for you. And lastly, I would say, who can agree like this plan, this plan that Paul's laid out for us, it's very clear and it's very simple. Like God created all of us, He knew we would face trouble, He would still deliver us from it, and then He would send His Son. This plan that Paul received from the Lord. It's very simple and it's very clear. And this same p- story that Paul is sharing with us, the same plan that Paul is sharing with us, what's preventing us from sharing with other people? Like just because Paul said it in Ephesians 3 doesn't mean everybody is going to read it. I wish that was the case. I wish everybody in this in this room knew this scripture by heart. But there's a lot of people in this world that have never heard this. So what a better opportunity than to walk into your school on Wednesday and be like, hey, did you know that God has a plan for your life, a plan for this world, Afghanistan, anything that's going on, God has a plan for it. It can be so easy to get caught. I've been struggling with it. I'm I'm, in, I'm admitting to you right now. It's so easy for me to get caught up in what the world is requiring of us that it pulls my heart away from what God actually wants. It's so easy for me to be to, to get caught up in, why why are people stuck in Afghanistan? God, why would you do that? God has a plan, and it's going to come to fulfillment. It's not, I need to remind myself of this scripture every day. It's not the plan from beginning till now. It's a plan from beginning to end, and we're in the middle of it. If you look at a timeline, beginning to end, we're probably somewhere right here. Like There's a, a big ending that I'm looking forward to at the end of this. Share this same plan that Paul's sharing with us by the way you live, by the way you attract people to you, by li- living like Jesus. People will flood your life if you live like Jesus, whether you like it or not. Imagine, imagine, I don't know, football's starting. Imagine a football team full of lost people that feel like they have a purpose in football. I felt like that, and it's a very real purpose, and it fulfills to a lot of people, but feel like that's the only, imagine a football team where that's the only thing they're living for, and if someone knew that eventually all these people would crash and burn, imagine one person on that football team living like Jesus, acting like Jesus, loving like Jesus, imagine a whole football team being converted. I'm not saying converted in a weird way, but a whole football team accepting Jesus as their Lord and Savior. Imagine a whole speech and debate team. Imagine a whole, fill in the blank, anything you're involved in. It's not about status. It's not about age. You have impact in any area of your life. Whether good or evil. Each and every one of us leaves, leaves a mark. Each and every one of us has influence. But if that influence is used for good and used for, to explain, Jesus, this is what you ask of me and I'm going to be obedient and follow you, follow you. Imagine the results people will flood you And that's it's it's important to not think of that arrogantly I need to remind myself of that. I need to remind everyone everyone in here of that Don't act like jesus just to build a crowd That's not what it's about. Jesus could have done that easily and he didn't Jesus had crowds with him all the time. It wasn't ever about him It was about the hearts of others and where they're going to spend eternity I'm going to ask the worship team to come up. There's a last part of this scripture that I want to read. It starts in verses 14. And um, it actually breaks off. And this is Paul's prayer after he's told us the story or the, the plan of what God has for us. After he's shared his plan, Paul Paul writes a prayer that, he, that he's prayed about spiritual growth. I want to read it to you. It says... When I think of all of this, when he's talking, when he thinks of the whole plan that he just outlined to us, when he thinks of all of it, he, f- I fall to my knees and pray to the Father. Like we should be so astonished by the way that God has perfectly aligned everything in our in our own lives and the world that we fall to the knees and fall to our knees in awe of Him. I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the Creator of everything in heaven and on earth. This is what He prays. From this glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you. I'm gonna make this clear. Paul is praying this over us, like people reading it later, talking to people later. He's praying that from His, from God's glorious, unlimited resources, He will empower you, you and me, with inner strength through His Spirit. Then Christ will make His home in your hearts as you trust in Him. Your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong. And you may have the power to understand, as all God's people should, how wide, how long, how high, and how deep His love is. May you experience the love of Christ, though it is too great to understand fully. Then you will be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that God, that power that comes from God. Now, all glory to God who is able, through his mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think. Glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Amen. Paul in prison prayed that prayer for each and every one of us that we may know all of these things. I read this like 30 times when I was preparing this word. What a better encouragement to take with us walking into a new season of life where there's uncertainty, where there's, where there's wavering, where there's people around us that we're not sure what to do with. What better encouragement to take? I would encourage every single one of you in here, whether you believe in Jesus, whether you've never heard of him or whether you've been walking with him your whole life, make that prayer that Paul just prayed over us your prayer as you walk into school next week. I'm going to read it one more time. I know it's long. When I think of all this this plan that God has done for us, when it's mysterious, I fall to my knees and pray to the Father, the creator of everything in heaven and on earth. I pray that from his glorious unlimited resources, he will empower you with inner strength through his spirit. Then Christ will make his home in your hearts as you trust in him. God, make your home in my heart. Make it yours your roots will grow down into God's love and keep you strong and you may have the power to understand all God's people should how wide, how long, how high and how deep his love is may you experience the love of Christ though it is way too great to understand fully then you'll be made complete with all the fullness of life and power that, got, that comes from God now all glory to him all these things still glory to him who is able though the mighty power at work within us to accomplish infinitely more than we might ask or think glory to him in the church and in Christ Jesus through all generations forever and ever. Write it down. I don't know. Put it in your pocket, but have that with you. That's not uncertain. That's God's plan for us. That's God's heart for us. He's not selfish. He's loving and he wants all of that for each and every single one of us. Paul fell to his knees and his knees and thanks for God's plan, and that it would move in each and every single one of us. I was bawling when I was reading that earlier. Like I wish everybody could hear that. It me, encourages me so much knowing how how intentional, how purposeful, and how faithful God's word is. Like I don't think me landing in my opening up randomly to Ephesians three was an accident. Like obviously that's for somebody. If it's in, if it's for nobody in here, it's for at least one person. Paul is praying this about us. Paul Paul is praying this about ourselves. That let this be our prayer. Like if you don't know what to pray, like if you're struggling, if if you don't, if you're like God, come beside me, and you don't know what to say, pray this. Change the the use to me. Change the use to eyes. When we face tr- moments of trial in the coming weeks, it's not going to be easy. I'm telling you that right now, and I'm sorry that it's not. I wish I could tell you it's all going to be great and it's all going to be roses, but it's not going to be. But when you come across those things that make you feel like, okay, I don't have anything more, pray that Ephesians three verses fourteen through twenty one. If Paul prayed that, hear me on this. If Paul prayed this in prison, then we can all pray it when school gets stressful. We can all pray it when we feel alone. We can all pray it when we don't know what the next step is or when we feel consumed by culture. Paul was in prison praying that for you and me. How selfless is that? He wasn't saying, God, show me your love and deepen my roots in your love. He was saying, no, God, for every generation that comes after me, please let this happen. And I believe it's happening. How selfless is it for him to be shackled? And it's not about him. It's about people that come after him. So yeah, pray that over yourself, but pray that over everybody else that surrounds you. There's people I come in contact with all the time. I met two kids in the parking lot the other day. I don't know if they're here, but I'm praying that over them. Whether they know it or not. And this is the last thing I'd say. When you come across trials and and all these things that I said, and you don't know what to do, you pray this prayer and it still feels lost. You have so many amazing leaders in this youth group. I don't know if you knew that, but the leadership that Pastor Aaron and I ask of them, I honestly sometimes feel bad asking it because it's a sacrifice that they're making. They sacrifice each and every Wednesday to be here. They sacrifice each and every Sunday to be here and honestly a lot more time after that where we have meetings that you don't know about. But the reason they sacrifice is because they care about where each and every one of your hearts lands for eternity. I'm not I'm telling you I'm not, I'm telling you I'm going to be real again. There is a heaven and there is a heaven and there is a hell. And there's a real possibility to go to either one. But each and every single one of these leaders wants to have Jesus win your heart for heaven. And that's why they sacrifice countless 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 hours to make sure they're here to make sure they're checking on you to make sure that you are loved and included and ultimately present for for what Jesus has for you. I feel when I ask something a little bit extraordinary of a leader, I feel bad, but then I remember, no, they, they're willing to do this because they care about what the outcome is. When I ask students to to come up here and share a journal entry or lead worship or do these things that are scary, it's not to, to just fill a, a section on a service order, it's to, it's to show what God is doing in your peers. Brent got up here and he was very real with you. He said, I've grown up here a long time and I honestly just look forward to To hearing what the people older than me said. But how many of you know that Brent and everybody else in here has an impact? It doesn't take people above you to to make an impact on your peers. We all care about where our hearts land. And I'm not speaking to just you, I'm speaking to myself, I'm speaking to the leaders. I really hope you didn't miss this prayer. If you didn't hear anything else in the message, hear Ephesians 3, verses 14 through 21. Why don't you guys stand with me? I have a few things that I want to pray for. Firstly, I told you that if you've never heard of this plan, this mysterious plan that Paul's outlined for us, and you want to know more about it, and you and you know that you need a Savior to direct your steps, to direct your plan, and you know that you need Jesus... I'm going to tell you right now that Jesus will come and he will flood your life and he will guide your steps and he, he will take you to eternity with him. So with every eye bowed and every eye closed, I don't know if it's just for one person, but I don't want to be disobedient to what the spirits tell me. I believe there's one person in here. At least there's one person in here that needs to accept Jesus Christ as their Lord. And I'm telling you right now that one is enough. It doesn't have to be 30 kids that raise their hand. If one person raises their hand and says, I need Jesus, then I feel like tonight was a win because one more person's going to heaven. So if that's you with every head bowed and every eye closed, please raise your hand. It's not about popularity. It's not about feeling shameful. We all have done it once. I've done it. I've done it multiple times just to make sure. But if you can tell me right now that Spencer... I'm going down a path and I don't know what it's going to look like but I need Jesus and I want to accept him as the lord of my life please I just want to pray with you Jesus I thank you for I want to say I want to say this prayer together for anyone that raised their hand even if I couldn't see it I want to say Everyone pray together so we feel like we're not alone. We're all the family. We're all the, we're all the body of Christ. Say, dear Jesus, thank you for loving, for, loving me. God, thank you for having a mysterious plan that people didn't know about. But thank you for being intentional with it. Jesus, thank you for dying for me. I believe you are the son of God. And I give you permission to, to guide my life. In your heavenly name we pray, amen. I couldn't see anyone. I hope, I believe every day that each and every single one of us are saved and that we're we're making steps towards more and more towards heaven. But even if there was someone in here that prayed that prayer and they didn't even slip up their hand, I'm thankful. Because I want all of us in here to go to heaven. I don't want a single person to miss out on what God has for them. There's one more group of people that I want to pray for. This prayer that Paul prayed over us, you need you need to feel like you need to accept it. As we walk in to our schools in a week, a week from today, as you walk in, to whatever circumstance you're in. Maybe you're not even going, maybe you're a senior in here and you're trying to figure out what you're doing for school or what your next step is, but whatever you're going into in this next season, you need to accept this prayer of strength and boldness and confidence to walk with Jesus and to, to make Him, to let Him rule your next steps. And at the same time, you want to pray to have the boldness to to go about to go about your days and tell every single person or to make an impact on every single person to know about the same plan that Paul did. So I know that was a lot. You need to pray for acceptance, for strength. And you need to accept this prayer over your life. And you need to make it yours. And you want the boldness to go and to and to tell other people about the same plan that Paul and I did. Paul told us about. And if that's you, we're gonna worship in a moment. It's not a it's not a heavy thing, but if I'm being honest, all of us need that prayer over our life. So when we go back into worship, I want you to declare that over your life. I want you to, worship. to stay caught up with us as a youth ministry, go to PC Youth Salem on Instagram and YouTube and join us Wednesday nights at 7 p.m. Pacific time for our live stream. Have a great week.